This is Killstreak. Sleazy landlords, it is Killstreak episode 161. I'm Eric Goslin. Joining me here, as always, uh, one Mr. Mike Price. Mike, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah, that's all. Good to that's hear. all I have to share. Hey, that's all that needs to be said, honestly. Um, I don't know what I meant by that. <laughs> what the fuck did you mean by that? I don't know. Uh-huh. That's a good question. Um, we're talking about Critters 3 today. Um, so buckle up, fuckos. <laughs> we'll be talking about that. I don't have much else to talk off the at the top of my bed. I started watching Witchboard on the last drive in last night. Oh yeah. Um seems entertaining and and bad, but not like direct to video bad. Like bad I gotta bad theatrical bad. I gotta watch some of this season. He covered the Beyond, which we just covered. Yeah, I wish I hadn't just watched it because it's like, oh, I would love to. I did exactly. It was streaming. It was like auto playing, and it was like the last ten minutes um, when I turned on Shutter like a week or so ago, and I did watch the ending again. It's great. The ending rules. Yeah, I've never seen Witchboard, so I want to see that. This last week was um, Mexican films, um, which I want to check out. Mm, yeah, and then. Yeah, the, well, the other, what was the other one with Witchboard? I don't remember. Also one I hadn't seen. Yeah. But I was a little bummed on the season premiere, the first episode, which I can never really watch because my son's up mm-hmm. and just like doesn't work out time. It's not live. Work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not live, yeah. exactly. Was Zombie, which I've been meaning to rewatch. Mm. And then, then it was the Beyond was the one I could watch, but had just seen it. Yeah. It's a real monkey's paw. I don't know if it is actually a monkey's paw. <laughs> no, that's not a monkey's paw <laughs> at all. I mean, it's kind of like the sort of thing that might happen if you made a wish on them. But even still, no. I think it's just your yeah. I think it's just your schedule yeah. is not convenient, is what it is. <laughs> it just happened to not work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I guess that's really what it is. Yeah. You get home, you're like, you want to go to the gym and your wife's like, no, we have to eat. You know, we have to go meet people. There's a real monkey's paw. Real monkey's paw. (laughs) Do I sound echoey to you? No, not on my end. Okay. I sound echoey to myself, but whatever. I'll suffer through it. Okay. I mean, we can try to fix it, you know, at the break, maybe. At the break, I'll take a look. You're not getting speech jammed, it seems like. That's the big concern. No, no, it's not not in the same way, which is good. Okay, cool. Gosh, what a nightmare that is. (laughs) All right, let's talk Critters 3. Okay, that's fine. We can do that. Um, Unless you had something else. No, I don't think so. I went to the movies a couple times, but I don't think I saw anything horror-y. Yeah, no. Okay. Nah, yeah, we just saw Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of a video game at night, so that's why I haven't really been watching stuff. That's pretty. I caught up on Succession, Okay. and I've been playing a game, which I probably have talked about on the show, called Project Zomboy. You have, yeah. Yeah. So I've been playing just a shitload of that. Okay, cool. So I've fallen behind on my viewing. I've been playing Cities Skylines. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're telling me. And a lot of uh, Wingspan on my phone. 
Wingspan. Yeah. Is that like a flying sim? It's the board game. It's a board game that's bird related. It's it's quite well known in the board gaming community. I'm not much of a board gamer. Yeah, you're just a board. More of a board gamer. Yeah, exactly. We did it. Okay, (laughs) fantastic. Moving on. Um, Critters three released in 1991. Mm -hmm. What if that was? Is that my new voice? Um. This is the first direct-to-video installment in the series. Yeah. Um, released uh, just in time for the holidays, December 11th, 1991. I would have oh, wow. just turned eight. Pretty exciting. Perfect gift. 1991? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have been nine. Yeah. Um, directed by a woman named Christine Peterson, who mm-hmm. um, is from the... I got to figure out what I, because it comes up so often, I need like a good name for it. But the Corman Academy or, you know. Right, right. I don't know. What would you call it? Um, Yeah, I guess the Corman School. Corman School of what? Hard Knocks? Of of Hard Knocks. (laughs) (laughs) Corman School of Filmmaking. Yeah, that's fucking boring boring. dude i'm sure there's another name somebody else all right the corman school of. but thank you for pimping me into something i hadn't previously thought of criticizing my answer i mean you know i thought you used to be on an improv team so my mistake um she made her way in hollywood mostly as a second unit director and assistant director um she worked for coppola um, just in the office, really, during the making of Apocalypse Now. Um, she started in Corman stuff. She was, uh, I think, like, the big highlights of her IMDb. I want to say she's the first AD on Chopping Mall. Mm. Um, she is uh, the first AD of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's another Stephen Herrick connection there. She's the first AD on Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child. Mm. And she was also the second unit first AD, so slightly less glamorous job on Tremors. Um, Okay. But as a a director in her own right, um, it was mostly this sort of fair direct-to-video stuff often financed by one Roger Corman. She started with Mm -hmm. a movie in 88 called Deadly Dreams. And then uh, she directed the first film in a series called Body Chemistry, which is an an erotic thriller uh, series that stars, uh, co-stars Mark Singer, a.k.a. the Beastmaster. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So, and it seems pretty horny. I might try to check it out. Yeah. Watch out. Anyways. Um, but yeah, this was I think the most noteworthy thing she made. Apparently Deadly Dreams, people kind of there's there's like some fans, some defenders of that movie. Um but yeah, otherwise she did some T V directing. But this is pretty much it. This is like the main jam for Christine Peterson. Um she does not direct Critters Four in part because they pulled the old back to the future move. Or actually even yeah. even more so. They didn't just shoot them back to back. They shot them simultaneously. Wow. So someone else, a different crew of people was making Critters 4 at the same time. With a time. different crew of actors? Uh, 
I mean, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, I think some mix, mixing and matching, probably. That's um, crazy. We will find out uh, next week when we cover Critters 4. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would guess that some of these cast members probably worked on both shoots at different times, specifically mm-hmm. Charlie, I think. Whoa, yeah. we got a couple of bigger names in the next one. Yeah. Angie, we got a big name in this Angie one Angie Bassett, yeah, yeah. Steve, uh, Brad Dorf, Steve Dorf, yeah, Steve Brad. That's like Steve what Brad. Is, what is that fucking dumb thing from Kevin Smith movies? Oh, Eric DeRay, the dumb thing from Kevin Smith movies. Steve Dave, is that what it is? Oh, I don't remember. Anyways, Steve Bat, Steve Brad is what I said because Brad Dorf. It sounded like you're starting to say Steve. I almost said Stephen Dorf. Okay. <laughs> I get my Dorfs confused sometimes. Oh, yeah, Brad Dorf from the vape commercials. Right? But isn't that what Stephen Dorf did? That that was cigarette. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I got distracted because I read Carrie Elway's mentioned on the commentary for the uncut edition of yeah, he just Shinsaw that he passed on the role of Josh. Yeah, sorry. really exciting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I got really confused. I thought. I thought he was on somehow on the commentary yeah. of Critters 3. No. No, he just likes to tell people that he turned down a role that Leonardo DiCaprio got <laughs> as, as if to suggest to people that he is perhaps the better actor of the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's not in this movie. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio is. He sure um, is. He is the seven-time Oscar-nominated actor I was alluding to. Yeah, I suspected as much. Uh, Were you able to avoid the spoiler? No, the spoiler came on the fucking Roku search for Critters 3. Oh. So I did it to be like, what what streamer is Critters 3 on? And it was Tubi, and then it was like cast. And then, because yeah. the thing that's bullshit about it is he's, he would not be one of the two top build in the movie. No. Probably even no. not even the top four. Uh, but I can understand, you know, you want to advertise that you got Leo in your movie uh, mm-hmm. once he hits it big. This um, this was his first feature film appearance. Um, I think followed his, you know, his early career on television. Um, right, yeah, because he was in, was it Growing Pains? I, th- or... I think that's right. Um, I think it was Growing Pains. Well, yeah, Growing Pains. Luke. Cousin Luke. Um, he was also on the Parenthood TV show. Mm. Um, he appeared on one episode of the Mickey Mouse Club. Maybe he met Good for Brittany him. and Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah, maybe. Was Timberlake and, uh, a, a, a Timberlake Mouseketeer was too, too, I think. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. What's that factory? Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hope it's... Yeah. What? Come on, Eric. Hope it's hope it's not disturbing like Nickelodeon's <laughs> turned into. Yeah. Well, they all turn disturbing eventually if you dig deep enough. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. But anyways, uh, like I said, not the star of this film. I guess technically our protagonist is Annie, as played by mm. Amy Brooks. Uh, Certainly, technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amy Brooks uh, didn't do a whole ton of stuff. Uh, she's did a couple horror movies but outside of this one mostly direct video stuff a couple one-off tv appearances but that's about it um 
yeah, there's a lot of that's about it type of actors um, in this cast. Uh, John Calvin, Nina Axelrod, William Dennis Hunt. Uh, the ones that you might actually recognize that are worth calling out. Uh, your sleazy uh, superintendent, Frank, uh, mm -hmm. is played by a guy named Jeffrey Blake, who's a character actor who had a lot of small roles in the 90s. He's in Forrest Gump. He plays Jenny's abusive boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> that Forrest gets in a fight at with at a Black Panther party. Um as he calls it. <laughs> He's in Apollo 13 in Contact. He's on Jodie Foster's team in Contact. Um, mm -hmm. He's in this movie doing an accent that I can't quite place. Un makes no sense <laughs> why he'd be like a kid from Brooklyn yeah. or something in this movie. Is it, are they supposed to be in Brooklyn? Did they ever I name mean, they're the in city? Los Angeles. They name it as they LA? Really, okay. I mean, you see LA in the background. Uh, that's a good point. Of one of the shots. Yeah. Uh, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt if they wanted to try to put it somewhere else. I Maybe. Go with it. Um, if so, he's the only person who's from New York in, in the building. Yeah. It appears. That would, that would seem to be the case. Um, other kind of character actors that some people recognize. Francis Bay plays old Mrs. Menges. Um, yes. She plays a, an older her. lady in a number of films, perhaps most famously as... Um, Happy Gilmore is grandma in Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. I was going to say Mrs. Tremond from uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, Firewalk she is in Twin Peaks. Peaks. I think she has a small role in the show, too, but it's a different character. Um, mm. But yes, she is in Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, which probably more people have seen than Happy Gilmore. So, um, I wonder if that's true. No, I, I don't think it's true at all. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Who else? We got Rosalie. It's played by Diana Bellamy. She's in a shit ton of stuff, but again, pretty small roles. Oh, is she the like middle aged woman? Yeah, she's, that she's the larger. Falls in love with. Uh, no, she is not. Falls in love with Charlie. Oh yes, that falls in love with Charlie. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. She was in Police Academy Two. Uh, Blind Date. Uh, Outbreak. Diabolique, oh, yeah. Air Force One, yeah. Um, did you recognize Johnny, the young boy, who's actually played by two actors who are identical twins? No, I didn't. Christian and Joseph Cousins, most notable, ironically, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, they're best known for. Uh, co-starring as Dominic in Kindergarten Cop. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now do they look familiar? <laughs> now they do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I figured they might. Um, who else? We got Donna Opper is back in a small role. And Terrence mm -hmm. Mann in essentially what is just a cameo appearance during cameo. the credits. Yeah, it's like a an Avengers style <laughs> post-credit sequence. Yeah, Terrence Mann is Nick Fury. Um, oh, I yeah, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy three last. This week. Oh, I want to see that. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, I like those movies. It's probably the last. It's the last Marvel movie I will go see of my own accord. Mm, someone, yeah, in the future I may see another, but someone will have to 
make me go or convince me that it's actually really good. Um, is it two and a half hours long? It is. Uh, I mean, it didn't feel insanely long to me. It is two and a half I'll, hours I'll long. Though. Yes, yeah. it's two and a half hours long. Um, I'll tell you a big spoiler though. Mm-hmm. Groot says something besides "I am Groot." Oh shit! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I have yeah. to see it. Now. I really felt like it actually kind of ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ironically, the Guardians movies are one of the only fr- like Marvel franchises I, I get excited. Why about. is that ironic? I don't know why it's I, I don't know why I said ironic. Oh, okay, um, sorry, I, uh, I didn't mean to challenge you. I wanted to know what. what no, you no, I just mean like that's the only one I like. Okay, even I didn't even. Yeah, it seems like really unironic because James Gunn is a director that you know and enjoy. yeah, that I do like. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh. It's almost the opposite of irony. Yeah, it's kind of you would expect. <laughs> yeah, it. it's what one would expect to ha- to happen. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's about it. I don't think there was anybody else um, who I knew from the cast, and I really had to dig deep in in you know Diana Bellamy. I couldn't have told you what she was in. I was just like, I've seen that lady. Um, mm-hmm. Turns out I saw her in Outbreak. Um, <laughs> The movie was uh, shot by a cinematographer named Thomas Calloway. Um, he has worked on some other cheap horror movies. The only one of which I have seen is Demon Wind. Uh, oh, yeah, I've seen which that. Which was also a last drive-in at one point. It is not a good movie, but a kind of fun, no. fun episode. It has crazy special effects. It does. It has the all-time greatest VHS box cover ever. Yes. Uh, it's got like a raised like a three-dimensional box cover that haunted me as a child you know what other box covers a hall of famers at the video store this critters series i would say mm-hmm. um, oh absolutely yeah yeah not even for being that like remarkable they're good covers but it's more just like yeah that's burned into my brain you always see yeah. critters just it pops off the shelf critters one and two really yeah were yeah. mainstays mm-hmm. in my video store yeah um this is the first time you've seen this, right? It is, yeah. I mean, I think so too for me, but there were a couple of things that I recognized as they were happening. I'm like, oh, I remember <laughs> a bra falling onto a critter's head. <laughs> and I remember a critter food fight. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, that all... Yeah, but also, I would have told you there was a critter food fight in every one of these movies. If that's true, me. there was in the last yeah. one. Yeah. Which was it feels like it was ages ago that we watched Critters too. <laughs> like yeah, we've had Evil Dead in between. Yeah. Um, screenplay by a guy named David Scow who's come up once before on the podcast because he wrote Leatherface, mm. Texas Chainsaw Three. Um, he's a well-regarded horror author, so he's mostly a novelist and okay. short story writer. Screenplays seem to be kind of a side gig for him, although he's done some notable ones. He also wrote Critters 4, which makes sense. If you're going to film a sequel at the same time, you better at least have the same fucking people write it. Um, right. He, he wrote Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, uncredited. Okay. Uh, so I guess he didn't write it. He doctored it. Supposedly he wrote The Crow. Yeah, he did write The Crow. Oh. So there you go. There you go. Uh-huh. All right. That's all y'all need to know. Um Okay. Well, let's, uh, yeah, obviously there's no box office numbers. It was never in the box office. It was office. not. Seems like it was shot in <laughs> Los Angeles, according to my intrepid co-host. 
Yes, so. there's this shot of the bank building in the background. Yeah. When they're when the uh, Winnebago crashes yeah. into the movie. So here's itself. what I'll say: the city on the box cover or slash poster definitely not Los Angeles. No. No. So, you know, I don't know if that's just cover art stuff. Or if they would oh, want yeah. us to believe this is a different city, they. Uh, it looks like New York. Yeah, I would guess. Yeah, they obviously didn't take great pains to hide the fact that it was Los Angeles. No, not at all. Okay, great. Um, okay, well let's let's take a quick break and then we'll uh, talk about our thoughts. After their first visit. Call the army. Who? Them? You thought they were destroyed. But they return. And they're getting bigger. After the second encounter, <laughs> you thought the fuzzy devils were dead. But you were wrong. You're not as smart as you think you are. The critters are back. <laughs> They've just rolled into the big city. Oh, safe at home. In search of new neighbors. They're aliens. Aliens in the base. You have to believe her. They're big, they're huge. And they're never late for dinner. We don't have a gun up here or anything like that. How about a meat cleaver? What is eating him? Critters 3. You are what they eat. Open Okay, this really is a short plot synopsis on Wikipedia. But actually, it probably is pretty thorough. Sometime after the events of Critters 2, the main course... Charlie McFadden is tracking down the last of the critters. A family of three, Annie, the main protagonist, Johnny, her little brother, and Clifford, the father, stops at a rest stop when their car tire pops. At the rest stop, Charlie warns them uh, and Josh, stepson of a corrupt landlord, about the creatures. As this happens, a critter lays eggs under the family's car and the family leaves, unknowingly taking the eggs with them. Soon after they arrive at their tenement, the critters hatch and attack the sleazy maintenance man, Frank. When the landlord arrives, he too is eaten by the critters after Josh locks him in Clifford's room, unknowingly trapping his stepfather with the creatures. Next, one of the residents is attacked and wounded. Annie... Her, uh, her family and five others, including Josh, try to get to safety in one piece by getting to the roof of the building. Charlie arrives and destroys the remaining critters, saving the remaining tenants. The film ends in a cliffhanger as Charlie is about to destroy two critter eggs, but is ordered not to, and a contamin uh, contaminant pod sent from the Intergalactic Council crashes into the basement. There you go. That is the entirety of the... Synopsis, I would say it pretty much hits everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean... For the most part, no, no details. Yeah, yeah, you could certainly go into more detail, but that being said, I don't think anything really substantial was left out. No. 
Um, um, yeah. So then blood and guts check. Therein lies my main issue with Critters 3. <laughs> yeah. Is that it feels so slight and mm-hmm. so devoid of story that I was incredibly bored the entire time watching it. And it took me not once, not twice, but three times to get through an hour and 25 minute movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my blood. Not, gut check. That's not great. It's not great. Uh, no. How did how did you feel about uh, Critters 3? I mean, I fared, a, I fared a little better, at least in my attempt to view the film. I did watch it in one go. Yeah. Um, it is too slight for sure um i don't think it's a good movie but there are some parts that i enjoyed um so you know it's not like a complete nightmare to me but it's also like it's it's you know i'm starting to to kind of develop in my head a little bit of an understanding of this whole franchise, which for me, a real recurring theme is a little bit of missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, like this, like, like really all like th- this is uh, of a piece with all three movies. Now that I'm like, this is kind of a fun idea that I think could have been executed better. I mean, yeah, I, I've certainly seen worse movies. I'm not claiming this is like a terrible uh-huh piece of dog shit mm-hmm. it's just there's just i was there's nothing happening it's just people go from one location and then they run around that location for a little bit like it's just yeah it's the classic low budget we have one set one mm-hmm. main location so our characters have to run back and forth from one area to another while being like chased or something that's kind of the main thrust yeah. of the movie yeah but i bet I'll, i bet you this and i'm not certainly not going to try to do this but i i suspect you could probably come up with a list of movies that are pretty good that you like that also sort of do the same thing i mean evil dead rise does the same yeah. thing it's well, also there, it was... in a apartment building <laughs> it is pretty funny that we watched this a week after evil dead rise yeah it is I was it's like it's kind of the same thing it's it's the evil dead rise of critters, of critters. yeah a hundred percent um yeah and it's like once there's actually a significant amount of interaction between the tenants and the critters yeah i think it upgrades from a bad movie to a, a passable movie yeah, yeah um but it certainly doesn't like reach any sort of height that allows it to then kind of balance out how boring half of this movie is what about um, charlie's introduction what'd you think of that he bursts that... from the ground <laughs> so charlie's introduction makes it feel like this is going to be an even cheaper shittier movie than yes, it is it's exactly um, it's like that happened and i was like oh fuck this is going to be this is going to be one of those movies that i'm like this whole thing feels like a fucking kids movie yeah. And in parts it did, but then in other parts it was like, okay, it's it's a cheap horror movie. Um, right. But that was like fucking baby stuff. That was like I was like, what are we watching? I exactly say that is baby stuff. Yeah, yeah. this one def I mean, all of them so far have felt partially like kids' movies. And they're PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. This one's also PG thirteen. Uh um, yeah. who are they doing that for? It's direct to video. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
I know Critter's Attack is rated R. It's the okay. only one that's rated R. But that's the modern one, right? It's the modern one. So they're probably going to get that completely fucking wrong. Probably, yeah. 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 It's like, inlet, like, I feel like remakes and requels and reboots of these 80s horror properties, even the, the ones that get full theatrical releases, it's like a 200 you know, batting average at mm-hmm. best. One out of five of them is decent. And the direct to video ones are just, they tend to be hot trash. They always um, feel like movies that were written with another, just like not attached to an IP. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, we could actually make this a critters movie. If we change a couple of things Yeah, if, like that felt like the leprechaun one. That was like the sure. serious one felt uh-huh. like that. Yeah. That definitely had nothing to do with <laughs> leprechaun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think there's also this thing with these kinds of movies where, um, you know, the writers write with a goal of, like, including critters shit mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, I'm going to write an engaging script. It's Or like, memorable characters. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, we, we the critters have got to do this. And the critters do fart that. in this one. Yeah. <laughs> well. They do. They do. Yeah, hopefully they will fart in Critters Attack. Yeah, that's the um, best part. Okay, let's talk highlights and lowlights. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Charlie's appearance. All of Charlie's appearances on screen are lowlights for me, but that's uh, yeah been pretty consistent throughout these movies, well, especially two and three. Poor Charlie, um, yeah. It's, he befriends another kid mm-hmm. <laughs> in this one. He's very good at grooming child friends. Yeah, he's got a little something in common with Leonardo DiCaprio, huh? <laughs> yeah, Charlie stops being friends with kids once they hit puberty. <laughs> I looked it up. So, Leo, in this movie, um, is... So his he broke up with his last girlfriend Camila Marone, mm-hmm. uh, and he's been attached at times to to Gigi Hadid and I think some other supermodel, and and it it almost seems like he got the message that people were like really yeah. digging in deep on the age gap. So like Gigi Hadid's like twenty seven, so yeah. It's like, um, <laughs> but his last girlfriend who was part of the trend. Uh, if you guys haven't look up Leonardo. Leonardo DiCaprio girlfriend age chart on Google. Someone on the data is beautiful. Reddit made just this incredible chart uh, a few years back, probably three, four years ago, tracking his age along with the ages of his girlfriends and essentially determined that he dumps all of them when they turn 25. Um, Anyways, that's enough of a diversion. But in 2017, when Leonardo DiCaprio started dating his last serious girlfriend, Camila Marone, he was uh, 43, mm. and she was three years older than he is in this movie. <laughs> How old is he in this movie? Yeah. He's he's 15? 17. 17. Oh, wow. He mm-hmm. looks young. That's funny. He does look young. Yeah. Um, yeah, that she stopped. was 20. That's <laughs> He stopped looking young at some point. <laughs> yeah, he did. The only one that, like, was... Was I mean I'm sure he's fucked a bunch of eighteen year olds and is he the one who who does it with headphones on? Yeah, he apparently has sex with headphone noise canceling headphones on, and I think like only doggy or something like that. Yeah, I think I remember hearing that too. Um, 
Yeah. So anyways, like I was going to say, I'm sure he's fucked a bunch of 18 year olds, but the only, the only public relationship he had with an 18 year old was Giselle. And that's when he was 24. So that one was less problematic. Yeah, that's the yeah. only, I, I believe that's the only one that actually, no, that's not true. The half year age plus seven rule. His first mm. two girlfriends met that. Uh, or first three, Giselle, Bar Raphael, and Blake Lively. And then after that, it was so long, farewell. <laughs> the, <laughs> the age gap was uh, wow. only only gained uh, a little what bit. A, what a life. What's McConaughey's character's name in Days and Confused? Um, Fuck. I don't remember. Uh, they, I, I just keep getting older. They stay the same. What's yeah. The line? It's yeah. like one of my favorite movies, and I yeah. forgot his name. Um, okay. Yeah. So DiCaprio, though. As a child performer, or I should say a 17-year-old, he's not bad. No, he's Um, fine. Yeah. I didn't have a huge problem with the kids. No, they're fine. They don't get much to do. Um, Thoughts on our adult leads. So we got... They're going big. Yeah. Especially the the lady, the, um, the, the lady who gets hurt, like the bigger lady. Yeah, um, falls in love with Rosalie. Rosalie, yeah. she she's going big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the father's a fucking doofus. He is, and also, I mean, someone needed to spend like an extra five minutes writing this like conflict that he's just going to abandon his kids yeah. who don't have a mother. <laughs> yeah, and do you know? Do you remember his job? I wrote it down. He works on a train, right? He works on a train. Yeah. <laughs> For the train company. Is he like a conductor? I guess so. Does he have uniform, a little hat? At the end, he's like, well, my uniform did burn up, so I yeah. guess I might not go to the train. Yeah, it took this, uh, this fucking catastrophe of us being invaded by little evil aliens to decide that maybe I shouldn't leave my children with other people yeah. and go across the country for work. I, I don't mean to keep skewing negative. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll find something I liked. But the setup is like fucking ridiculous. There's no setup. It's just basically like, hey, we're at a rest stop. Oh, critter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's yeah. It. And it's like the only reason, like, they use, um, you know, DiCaprio and what's, is it Briggs? Is that the name of his? His dad? Uh, his stepdad? stepdad? Yeah. I think it's Nah, ooh, I don't know. Actually, I didn't write it down. I just wrote okay, well, well, whatever his stepdad's name is, like that plot line, they literally just rely on people's familiarity with this trope. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. So, like, they don't really establish anything other than like you guys know the evil landlord that's trying to push people out, right? Exactly. That's the, this yeah. guy's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the degree of development that they do. Um, I did think the way they end up writing Leo's Josh and his Mm -hmm. sort of dynamic with that guy was more interesting than it needed to be. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, And and like, he's conflicted after he dies. Yeah. He's like, Oh my God, I killed him. Like that Mm -hmm. sentiment. Yeah. And also kind of like making him like by making him a stepfather instead of a father, it also allows it to be a little less depressing. That it's like, okay, well, you're shitty. Your dad was shitty, but he's dead now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
This is more like, well, this guy's just visiting right, my family. How about the ending where the mom comes? <laughs> it's just basically like hitting on the dad. Yeah. And she's like, well, hey, we did just lose my step, uh, my, 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 uh, my husband, but. <laughs> there is an opening down at the office. She essentially like says that much. It's crazy. Yeah. I laughed about that. Yeah, oh, that else- shit feels exactly like a kid's movie. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, we got to have the two parents that uh-huh. that are uh, widowed to get yeah. together. Only one of them was widowed 10 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> she said, she's yeah. like smiling. <laughs> um, I, I did like the moment where um, Frank, the super the sleazy superintendent, is sniffing mm-hmm. like <laughs> that lady's underwear. Yeah. And then like a critter gets crushed on it or something there's like green goo on her bra and she finds it she's like oh yeah you perverts (laughs) in her mind frank pleasured himself onto her bra and it's green he's got a cold (laughs) yes disgusting um okay what is even the name of the sort of butch woman marcia marcia yeah okay if we want to talk about underdeveloped characters. Oh my god. Yeah. Um yeah, she's just like sort of in and out of the movie sporadically. She's but, hanging upside down through most of it. Yeah, but then I guess there's like sometimes they try to build some sort of tension with her and the dad. I guess so, but like doesn't Frank say she has the body of a man or something like that? I don't know. There's <laughs> he, some like I don't know yeah. some shade thrown her way. Well, I hope I hope that, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I hope. <laughs> um, the dad doesn't believe anything when mm-hmm. they're like, we saw these monsters. Yeah. He's like, it was a rat. And everybody's like, yeah. like three people like, no, it was not a rat. Yeah. Now this does kick off probably my favorite sequence in the movie. So, um because doesn't he get attacked after that what happens yeah yeah so they're all in the stairwell it's him his kids and rosalie i think mm. and he's and he's being in denial he's like it was a rat and then they just show up and yeah, start yeah, yeah. firing quills at everybody and i was like this is fun this a lot is, of quill like, firing in this yeah one. they get chased up the stairs um you know they get the trash can bowled I'm still a little unclear on what to expect from the effects of being quilled by the critters. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I in the first one, like it makes these pussy mm-hmm. bumps. And this one now, I think it just like hurts you. I don't know. It doesn't seem they to got lo- they got sort of loopy. Yeah, I guess, right. He's sort of out of it, and they have to kind of like slap him back into yeah reality or whatever. But we're three movies in. You feel like maybe we could kind of shore up what the this thing that happens in every movie does. Um, also, it seems like they've completely abandoned the growing critter thing, right? That's not coming back. In the critter ball, like the big ball of critters. Well, that was great. Yeah. That was great. And they, they abandoned that. Well, there's uh, only a few critters in this one, too. So yeah. Yeah. Enough. You just don't really have the space, you know? That's this true. Is a, this is like a bottle movie. Um. The supersonic scream. We ha- we do have a new critter ability. That's true. Yeah. We will have to rank critter abilities. I think by the end of this. Okay, that's fine. 
<laughs> okay. That's I agree. Fine. I agree. <laughs> uh, one of the critters is named Blackie. I thought that yeah. was funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean that feels like such a direct lift from Gremlins, right? It's like, hey, we mm-hmm. might as well name one, give it a badass name. And there's even one that like has half of his face burnt, and he's like, yeah, like like bleach like, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was very Gremlins ish. It was. Um, what else? Oh, did you know? Uh, this is something that I didn't mention with the cast stuff. Apparently, some of the critters' screams and shrieks were recorded by uh, Hall of Fame animator William Hanna of Hanna oh, Barbera. Wow. Yeah, who also did some of the original voice acting for Tom, the cat of Tom and Jerry mm. fame. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Kyoto Brothers are, are back. I should have mentioned that. Uh-huh. Um, critters still look all right, I they think. Okay, yeah, they're, they're fun. I like yeah. a critter. They could be worse. I like their two rows of teeth. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Um what did you think about the two minutes of random clips from the last two movies <laughs> that were edited in no particular order? Yeah, they didn't even put it into a, a, a flashback package. They no. were just like... Just like, here's the greatest hits from the last two movies <laughs> intercut with each other. Yeah, that's pretty sloppy. Um, yeah, no, that wasn't great. Uh, I got a big problem, too, with... I mean, we mentioned this sort of up top. Why is this movie still rated PG-13 when it's not going to theaters? That's a big question I have. But also, it's just like, even even within this series, this one feels particularly bloodless to me. I mean, it's yeah. not. There are some... Two people get killed. That's yes. it. And the whole thing. There's some cool critter deaths. Yes. I guess. This is true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, the last one felt way more violent than, than yeah. this one. Yeah, the last one, they were kind of stretching what they could get away with with the PG-13. And I felt somewhat similarly about the first one. This one very much feels like a PG-13 movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I'm really uh, curious about the next one. I wonder if they... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it's fine. I wonder if they amp up more of the space bounty hunter stuff in part four because that was like i was missing that in this yeah it felt that's what part of part of what made it feel so slight well i think part of what you missed too is just the presence of terrence mann who Mm -hmm. i think probably is the best actor certainly left attached to this series but yeah yeah one of the best actors who appears in this series at all uh yeah, there's His character's always, actually interesting. There's fun business with him all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And not so much with Charlie, who does come back to save the day in this one. Yeah. So I'm kind of shoehorned in, though. Really is. Um, let me see. Let me look. I did like the food fight and the farting, <laughs> the farting critter. <laughs> he eats some beans. Yeah. And he farts. Yeah. He farts. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I always like it when the critters are watching TV. Isn't there's a part where they're watching TV in this one? Yeah, when they kill the dude, Josh's yeah, dad, stepdad, stepdad. That was a decent little scene. Mm-hmm. It's kind of creepy. Um, Marsha would have broken her leg because she falls from the roof, <laughs> With that f- hanging. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. fall like her ankle gets wrapped around a cord, and she 
narrowly avoids dashing her head on the pavement. Yeah. But instead is fine. <laughs> Not even like a dislocated it, ankle. It would have ripped her leg right out. <laughs> I know. I've seen it happen. <laughs> uh, let me see. The music sucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the it's my fave. It's it's just like as soon as the opening credits start, you mm-hmm. can tell. You mm-hmm. can tell when you're in this era of just oh, yeah. the hottest of hot shit. Yeah. When it when it comes to to scores. It just feels like library music, like music library music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, just like there's something about those synthesizer tones that will just haunt me for the rest of my life. Just like screams cheapness. Yep. A lot of it I think a lot of it goes back to <laughs> um my mom, God rest her soul. I love I love her so much. She would sometimes rent movies um like kind of uh on a whim. Mm. She knew how much I loved watching movies. And I'll be honest, she had great taste in movies. She she showed me tons of movies that she loved that I love. Uh she like basically forced me to watch Terminator, the first mm. one. Um but not in a way that like I was it was old enough. I yeah, yeah. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't it wasn't uh, traumatic. Yeah. But um I remember but sometimes she would rent me a movie without checking with me like what I wanted and sometimes it would work out fine and other times it would not. Yeah. And in the weeks after we went to go see Jurassic Park in 1993, mm. a, a movie which was mind blowing. I loved Jurassic Park. Me too. When, when I saw it, I was like, "This movie is fucking awesome." In my opinion, was that and Terminator Two were the two greatest movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at one point, right? That's how you felt, or you still yes. feel that way? I still okay. feel that way about Terminator Two, but okay, it's well, it's up there, top ten, I would say. But anyways, to bring this anecdote home, um. So she went to Blockbuster, and knowing how much I enjoyed Jurassic Park, she rented me another dinosaur movie mm-hmm. that had probably gotten some prominent placement on the shelf because of the popularity of Jurassic Park. And that movie, I don't know if you're familiar, Eric, is a, a Charles Band classic mm. that spawned a mini franchise, Prehysteria. Oh, Yeah. I saw um, Prehysteria as well. Yeah. And that movie, when I put it on, just having come from Jurassic Park, which at the time <laughs> oh God, was so truly shitty. just like the highest production value film ever made, perhaps. Yeah. And then to fire up Prehysteria, <laughs> I was just like, oh, fuck. And then it becomes a thing of like, how long do I have to watch this so that I don't like make my mom sad mm-hmm. and it, and you know that thing we've talked about this many times when someone gets you a gift that you don't like it's like one of the worst feelings in the world oh it's the worst feeling yeah so yeah her bringing home prehysteria like i got you a movie and then me watching this and it's just like this horrible piece of shit Ugh. with this kind of score um this... i guarantee you if you fired it up you'd be like oh yeah these uh these are of a piece yeah prehysteria was definitely a rental that i made but, oh my god, these dinosaurs look so stupid. It's a tiny dinosaur movie. It's basically like little claymation dinosaurs yeah. and puppets. Sometimes it's just toys, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's like Charles Band, mm-hmm. who made his 
made his nut with the Puppet Master movies, but he's trying to make a kid's right. movie. Yeah. Oh, bad shit. <laughs> I'm watching the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything more about Critters 3? Stop. It stars the kid from Last Action Hero. Um, oh, yeah. Do I have anything more about Critters? Not really. I'll tell... I'll. Yeah. No, I'll save this for the wrap up. Let's 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 move forward. Okay. Um so Frank gets his neck bitten and then critters attack him. The stepdad also gets bit to shit. <laughs> um one critter explodes when Charlie, a couple of critters explode actually when Charlie shoots him. Josh puts one under a cloth and beats it to death. It's <laughs> pretty brutal. Um drowning a sack of kittens. <laughs> Uh, the old lady cuts one of them in half and like bubbles come out. Yeah, um, one is blown through the roof and explodes like a firework. Mm-hmm. And then, oh shit, I didn't write how the finals final ones die. Oh well, I guess we'll never it- know. <laughs> they ex- explode. Oh man, one gets impaled on the antenna that stuck to Charlie's back. That's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. Mike, what was favorite? your favorite death? Was I? I, was, I was waiting. Yeah, there's a, a fun hesitation. I was like, "You're gonna ask yeah. me what my favorite one was, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. Uh, well, I'm certainly gonna count critter deaths because otherwise, yeah, otherwise it's pretty sh- slim pickings. There's there's a handful of decent ones. I actually, for whatever reason, had a strong positive response to the first critter that Charlie shoots when he bursts in. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they do. It's a good explosion. It's like, you know, it's not like the fireworks explosion. It's like a, they filled something with a bunch of meat or whatever yeah, and blew it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I love a, a good blowing up a fake thing made a filled with goo and meat and stuff. Like no, that's scan- a great call. The scanner's head explosion, perhaps being the greatest of all time, but. Oh, I, I missed uh, a, one of them swallows a flare, too, at one point. Mm. Um, I think for me, it's probably when uh, the old lady cuts one in half with a meat cleaver uh, for similar reasons. It's actually the, like it's a it's a puppet yeah, that's cut in half. It's a good it's a good effect. I was a little confused by the by the sort of bubbling. The bubbles is weird, but that yeah. also lend. Or was that the one that swallowed bubble solution and was blowing bubbles? Yeah, okay. It must be. Okay, yes. It'd be weird All if right. it wasn't. I take it back. This movie has no flaws. <laughs> um, zombie thumbs up or down. Is this movie gory? No, no. I don't think so. I mean, no. it's a little bit like I wouldn't show it to like a six-year-old. I mean, I showed my seven-year-old Gremlins 2, and that's a bit more gory. I think it's Yeah, gory. I would say. Yeah. That's a good That's a good benchmark. It's not as gory as Gremlins 2. So. Yeah. Um, is this movie scary, Mike? Ghost thumbs up or down? You tell me. Chilled, chilled me to my fucking <laughs> Yeah, this bones. Is might, might be one of the scariest we've ever covered on this series. <laughs> um, A no. cautionary tale of what can happen. <laughs> <laughs> A chilling parable. <laughs> um, finally, our new system. I'll, you know, I don't have to say it's our new system every time. Smash, slash, or crash, as in crash into me, which is the Mary equivalent. <laughs> Yeah, even though I think in the song it just denotes it's the same as smashing. It is the same as smashing, but you know, and it's actually it's more about romantic. Like, it's about a uh, a stalker, so it's even creepier. Mm. But hey, you know, whatever. Do you know the story behind uh, Sarah McLaughlin's "Possession," which is like one of my favorite '90s songs? No. 
this incredibly short. So she had a stalker, like a legitimate stalker who was dangerous and she had to have a restraining order taken out against. But that guy wrote her hundreds of love letters and poems and stuff like that. And sort of in an act of uh, reclaiming Mm. some of her own, I don't know if you want to call it agency or what you want to call it, but she wrote possession using mm, the lyrics are, are largely taken from his crazy love letters and poems because it's essentially the song is like written from the perspective of a stalker. Yeah. Yeah. He sued her. Jesus and Christ. it was a big lawsuit, but she ended up winning because, you know, they were able to make the case that, like, he sent this stuff to her. Right. Like, she didn't take it. Like, it was sent to her, and when it was given to her, it became hers to do what she wanted with. Um, and I think that song fucking slaps, too. So if you guys wow. haven't listened to it in a while, listen to Possession. Give really, that whole album, Fumbling Towards Ecstasy, is incredible. Huh, I don't really know. Right. Real. To check it out. I love Sarah McLaughlin, but not, like her older stuff when she got all cheesy with like Arms of the Angel and then yeah, it was yeah. downhill from there. But anyways, listen to Fumbling Towards Ecstasy. Uh, okay, so what am I supposed to say? Uh, smash, <laughs> slash, or crash. <laughs> or other way around. Do you want to go first since I just said all that or do you want me sure. to finish um, my piece? So, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that I didn't particularly enjoy this uh foray into the critters verse um it felt very very cheap which is you know not always a terrible thing sure but it was cheap and boring which not in a charming way yeah Yeah. it really uh, thank you i meant to say that it really Mm kind of lacks the charm of the first two movies Mm um it, it just felt very slight um you know performances were serviceable and uh, not enough critter carnage for my yeah. for my money. Needed more critter carnage. Uh, so for that, I'm giving it a, a slash. Yeah. Um, what about you, Eric? Man? I think I think you summed things up pretty well. Yeah, it's not like a catastrophically bad movie. It just kind of comes up short in most of the yeah in like all of the quadrants that you would want it to hit as a mm-hmm. critters movie, or really just like as a low budget creature feature like Mm -hmm. you can you can do this in a fun way and this isn't just isn't that fun sporadically it is so i the one thing i will say is like if you want a more nuanced sort of rating than just the three level one the degree of negativity with which we sort of reviewed the movie just now i would say that with with all that being said I didn't come away from this with like overwhelmingly negative feelings so much as I was just like, that wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, there are lots of movies we've watched that I was like, this is fucking, Oh my God. I can't believe I have to watch all this. Like yes. this, this was not one of those movies. It went for me unlike Eric, it went by pretty fast. It was a pretty effortless watch. It just underwhelmed in almost every quantifiable way. Yeah. So uh, for that reason, I say this movie is a crash and burn and you should smash it to pieces because uh, it's because it's a slash okay all right um yeah all i think them. part of the reason why it, it took me several tries was that as mm. i started watching it it was just like i would just rather be doing anything other than this right now <laughs> fair enough i mean i was also doing 
I think some stuff. I was maybe playing Wingspan also, so I was having <laughs> a good time. <laughs> All right, let's take a yeah. break, and we have one final segment. Okay, we're back. In honor of one of the stars of Critters 3, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, we wanted to honor what I think is one of the funniest names for an entourage. <laughs> Leo and his friends are colloquially known as the Pussy Posse. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Because they're a bunch of young men, well, they were young men, who like to go have sex with women, <laughs> I assume. So, for people who aren't familiar with the Pussy Posse, <laughs> there are multiple uh, oral histories of the group available online for reputable journalism uh, sites. I, I, I really recommend checking one out. It is a really interesting thing to learn about. Uh-huh. Uh, so who is in the Pussy Posse? <laughs> okay, so to be clear, the Pussy Posse it revolves around Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, it is sort of guys that he kind of pulled into his orbit. Um, he was the first one of them to make it big. Um, so the Pussy Posse founding member, we'd say, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Then easily the second in command, so the the um, the number two of the uh-huh. pussy posse, the Riker, the Capo. Of, yeah, <laughs> of the pussy posse is Toby Maguire, who uh, DiCaprio had been friends with since they were both twelve years old. They met um, as you know child actors auditioning for stuff. Um, the other two members of what we would call the core four are. Uh, Funny enough, Entourage's Kevin Connolly, mm-hmm. um, E, or, right? That's his character's name on Entourage. Mm-hmm. E, that fucking show, man! I can't believe I watched that like every oh, yeah. episode for like three seasons. What was wrong yeah. with us? Um, and then finally, rounding out the four horsemen of the Pussocalypse, um, <laughs> uh, Lucas Haas. Uh-huh. Who uh, people would know as a weird guy uh, who is an actor in stuff. Yeah. Um, I think he made his debut, uh, his big debut at least, in Witness, the Amish mm. Harrison right, Ford movie. Right. He plays the 
the kind of mute kid in that who witnesses the murder, right? Or is it the woman who witnesses the murder? It's the kid. I don't remember. I think he's I think he's the titular witness. Um but yeah, Haas is like more a guy of all these dudes, he's kind of the one where I think his biggest bona fide is being in the pussy in posse. The pussy posse. <laughs> like he's like an about town kind of dude. Um yeah, yeah. and I think as a testament to his level of success, my understanding is of all these guys, he's the one who still basically goes everywhere with DiCaprio. Okay. I can attest to this as oh. I, when I was an employee at Verst Kucha, when I ran their kitchen, so this is like, for people who don't know, this is like a trendy sausage and beer garden in the arts district of downtown. Yeah. It was trendy 12 years ago. 12, I don't know yeah, what yeah, yeah. people think of it now. Um, but I happened to be uh, working the register... For a brief period of time, four o'clock on a weekday, DiCaprio comes in wow. uh, just by himself. Um, and we have like a really small, or I said we, Verscooge, has, has like a really small kind of, it's not like a lobby, but it's like where you would order the counter is. Like, yeah, I get a number and you sit order, down. you get a number, but then you get sent back to this huge beer hall, but it's like a 20 foot walk away. So it's like a really small space. And so it's literally just me and DiCaprio and one of my cooks is like standing behind me. So he comes in and he asks me what's good here. And I told people this for years after, but uh, he was certainly at that point in time, the biggest star I had ever met. And I think Mm -hmm. you could probably make the argument that he's still the biggest star that I've ever had a conversation with. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was undeniable that he, I was like, this is what this is. This is what it is to be a movie star. He's, there's like a magnetism. Yes. His presence, his his magnetism is a great way to put it. But it was like, it was a thing where I was like, I'd only heard of that. And then he walked in and started talking to me. I was, holy shit. This is, I was like, this is crazy. Like talking to this person feels insane. Yeah. Um, he was very nice. Uh, and he kind of almost sort of went out of his way to be cool, it seemed like. Like, he mm-hmm. was, like, asking a bunch of questions about the food and, like, was, like, really, you know, kind of hyped. He was like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, let's do that. And, like, then start talking about beer and shit. And Anyways, 20 minutes later, I go to take my smoke break. I walk around the corner. He's on the patio with two hot girls and Lucas Haas. Um, uh, you were yeah. in the orbit of the pussy pot. It's true. Some might say I was the third member that day. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh-huh. what does this have to do with horror movies? Well, <laughs> nothing. Mike and I are going to assemble our own horror movie pussy posse. <laughs> so what does that mean? In this situation, we are the DiCaprios, and we're rounding up four of our best horror villain buddies. I guess yeah. you don't have to be a villain, but... You I, sort of, I, yeah, soft pushed that. So I tried to adhere to that. Yeah. To uh, come out on a night in the town with us and try to chase some tail. Yeah. I will say one caveat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> an important one. No pedophiles or rapists. <laughs> okay. That is a good, that is a good note. Yeah. I also tried Sorry, to shy Freddy. away from just like, um woman killers in general <laughs> yeah yeah 
Like, yeah. I mean, you know, at least like people who don't aren't like, for instance, I don't not hopefully not spoiling someone on your list, but I like I didn't take a hard look at all at like a Patrick Bateman because I, was I just thought like, about Patrick yeah. Bateman, but I did not put him on my list. That's like not a guy you want to pull tail with. It's no, like, no, 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 no. I, I my my imagination when I was assembling my pussy posse was like, I don't want these guys to just murder all of no. the, the girls that we meet. It would be good if they weren't all murdered immediately after they went yes. home with assorted members of the posse. Yeah, um, I tried to pick some with, uh, you know, it's a little sexy, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. Let's, Did you let's... just let out like a tiny burp and this <laughs> a little sexy? <laughs> Oh, it's oh, disgusting. Yeah. Who's your first member of your pussy okay. posse? Oh, I get to go first? Yeah, I go first. Okay, I feel like this is good This is good for me because this is somebody... Also, so people know, are we doing this draft style? Uh, yeah, let's do a draft style. Okay, draft so you can't... Style. Yeah, so we can take guys that the other person wanted, or gals, or uh, non-binary folks. Um, this, is, this, is, this is somebody that I thought there might be some competition uh, mm. Four, so my first member of the horror pussy posse is Candyman. Um, oh, interesting! That guy, that guy pulls for sure. <laughs> um, he's got this big deep voice. He's tall. Mm-hmm. He's good looking. His whole thing is he's Candyman because he fucked some plantation owner's like daughter yeah, or right. wife or whatever. Like he was pulling when he was alive. And mm-hmm. if you go watch the original, there's like a ton of sexual tension with him and Virginia Madsen. She's super hot. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and it, you know what I'll say though, like I did do a lot of sort of existential kind of mulling this over. Cause the other question is like, what do you want in a pussy posse? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I was like, is this a bad call? Because like Candyman is going to just absolutely like out pull you. Yeah, he's going to scoop all of my potentials. Uh, I definitely picked with roles in mind. Okay, you know that's I mean? interesting. That was I mean, I tried to do that too. So yeah. he's my first pick, but he's also the one that I'm like, the, I am in danger of seeding leadership of the Pussy Posse to Candyman. Well, my, my first pick actually is a similar situation. Okay. And it's uh, Jerry Dandridge from uh, oh, Fright Night. God. Because he's a sexy guy. What um, a pick. He's charismatic. The, uh, I mean, there's that whole like the weird consent stuff with vampires because they can like hit sure, but you gotta sure. let them in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes it okay. He's a sexy vampire. He um, is that fucking it, dance scene. God, I'm gonna watch yeah, that right exactly. after we finish recording. Yeah, the dance okay. scene. It takes you know, if if we're of the time period, that's like a very fun time period. At least for him to be dressed as, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's rich too, right? He's a rich guy. Yeah, well, I mean, I pay for some yeah. stuff, like in the way that like Dracula is rich. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, okay. Should I snake draft this or? Uh, yeah, I think that's the fair way to do it. So you uh, let's let's hear your second pick. My second pick. We need a real polite wingman. I want a <laughs> sweetheart. Um, okay. Someone the who sensitive you can trust. One. Yeah, so I'm picking Bub from Day of the Dead. Oh my god! <laughs> all right. Well, all the all the verisimilitude of this 
segment just went out the what window. What do you mean? What do you mean? He follows directions. He's Nobody's going to fuck salutes. a zombie. I bet somebody would fuck a zombie. Okay, fine. Fine. You want me to pick my No, I don't want you to change okay. your pick. I just Okay. I just want you to know that I took this seriously. I took it seriously too. <laughs> Did you? I wanted it to be serious entertainment for Okay, listeners. fine. Um <laughs> Okay. My second pick um this is a this is sort of a niche pick, you know. Like you said roles. This is kind of filling a niche uh on my posse. Um and I thought you know, in a, in an effort to avoid too much overlap, I was like, mm-hmm. let's get somebody who's going to sort of uh, work in a different talent pool. So to speak. I'm sorry, I'm trying to embody the pussy. Dude, we posse. we have the, we're we're okay. Fucking simpatico here. Okay, so I said, you know, I'm not much for the S and M kind of business, but uh, I want somebody on my crew for the freaks, mm-hmm. and that's going to be Pinhead. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, he can show you pleasure and pain all wrapped into one sights, uh, you know, whatever kind of fucking his line is. But I mean, that's all about sexy stuff and also, uh, really horrifying stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Pinhead, Pinhead is there to, to pull the freaks. Um, okay. Then I guess I have to go again. Okay. Now's when we start to get into trouble. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, because I have like a lot of picks that I am very so-so about. Um, so I think my next one is going to be the guy who some some people are just like undeniably attracted to and then other people are completely creeped out by. Um, and it's going to be Seth Brundle <laughs> from The Fly. Um, oh, yeah, okay. But soon after teleportation. So as he is starting, like that's, but the thing is like, I know he's going to eventually turn into a total creep. So he can only roll with the posse for so long. (laughs) But if we get him right after he gets his like superpowers um, and he's got such an intense energy. So he's like, he's the intense one. Just like Leo's girlfriends. He ages out at a certain point. You got to, got to, Perhaps Stop calling them. faster than some other members. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had a very similar mindset with your pinhead pick, mm-hmm. which makes me kind of want to choose my other option. Um, I mean, we only have one more after this, right? Yeah, this is your third pick. Okay. So I'll just say I considered the female Cenobite. Okay. Um, but I'm going to... No, you know what? I am going to go. I want see I I I think it's uh smart. It opens a lot of doors. It's mm-hmm. interesting avenues if you have a female member of the pussy posse. I thought about it for sure. Yeah. And so I also wanted one for the freaks. So it's between <laughs> that and Space Girl from Life Force uh-huh. as portrayed by Matilda May, yeah. who's just nude the whole time. <laughs> she is uh, but she uh, seems to be more seductive to men than to women, sure. if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the female Cenobite will lead to some interesting outcomes. I like it. You're like getting two of your DEI birds with one stone. <laughs> yeah. A woman <laughs> and the freaks. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're being efficient. Um, okay, that sounds good. Who is your final pick? <laughs> 
Or the posse. You're going to be pissed at me about this one. <laughs> this is going to make you mad. But I wanted a funny guy. Okay, that's I assume, fine. Like, a Jonah Hill is probably a late member of sure. the Pussy Posse. Yeah. If you if you say Chucky, I'm going to be furious. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. it, uh, it's not that bad. It's the imp okay. from uh, Sorority Babes and Slimeball Bullerab. <laughs> <laughs> Which, did you know, Brinky Stevens directed a sequel last year. No. I did yeah. not know that. I'm sure it's terrible. But... Yeah, probably. Yeah. So but that's, that's fun. My, that's my fourth member. Okay. The imp. The imp. He's yeah, funny. I mean, he is impish, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, okay, that's a very interesting pick, and I'm not mad. Um, <laughs> you sound mad. I'm not. I'm not upset. Um, okay, well, before I make my final pick, I should say that because of my long anecdote about meeting Leonardo DiCaprio, I did cut short. There are two secondary members of the Pussy Posse, so theoretically there's six of them. Um, Mm. but the lesser, like they came in later and I think they're not, you know, OGs. Uh, but one is J.R. Ferguson who played Stan on Mad Men. Oh, okay. Kind of real strong jawed, uh, Mm. guy. Uh, and the other one is, uh, (laughs) street magician David Blaine. Oh yes, I did (laughs) read that. Yeah. Who certainly rolled with them quite a bit in the late nineties. Um, so that's funny to imagine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like them in a club bottle service bottle Dicap- service dicaprio's being real smooth but also probably like a little arrogant and then fucking mm-hmm. blaine's just like doing fucking cigarette <laughs> tricks <laughs> everybody's coke to the gills yeah talking in his dumb fucking monotone uh, that guy drives me nuts <laughs> okay cool um oh and ethan supley apparently uh, hung with them quite a bit, as well as Harmony Corinne. That's a weird one. That's fucking weird. Yeah, that's um, really weird. And you were right that Jonah Hill did also late era. I, mm. I assume you were referencing that deliberately. So he, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was not in the posse, but he hung with the posse. These are two yeah. different things. Okay, I mean, he seems like a nice guy. He probably doesn't get down with that vibe. Maybe I don't know. Who knows. I- I don't know. He doesn't seem that nice to me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've also met him a bunch of times. So oh, okay. Maybe, well, there you go. Maybe I'm biased by kind of knowing him. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, my final pick. This feels like a little bit of a cop-out just because it's so... It, it's not funny. <laughs> it's not filling a specific role. It's just another guy who is going to just absolutely slay out there. Yeah, and that's that's gonna be uh, Dracula from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, Dracula was uh, in consideration. Yeah, he, he was my number two for Jerry Dandridge. If you were yeah. to say Jerry Dandridge, young young Gary Oldman. Uh, remember that scene where he's like having her? She's like Mina's sucking on his chest and stuff. And yeah, yeah. He's like wolfing out. Yeah, yeah. That guy. That guy. The good thing about Dracula is he seems kind of like a one-woman man. So, right. so I think I think he's gonna he's gonna be uh, in a in a long term an LTR for for long stretches of his time in the Pussy Posse. So, I'm I'm slightly less worried. All right. Well, there you have it. To run down mine again, it's Jerry Dandridge, Bub from Day of the Dead, the, fe- <laughs> the female Cenobite, and the Imp so, from. So- uh, 
fucking stupid. Sorority babes. <laughs> Sorority babes in the slime ball bowl arama. Okay, yeah. And my realistic pussy posse <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is Candyman, Pinhead, uh-huh. and to be clear, this is Doug Bradley's Pinhead. This is not the female Pinhead of Hulu's Hellraiser right. remake. Oh, that, um, that would have been a good choice for me, too. Oh, but God. Yeah, and then um, what was the third one? <laughs> um, uh, you just said it, Dracula. No, Dracula is my fourth pick. Um, oh, um, <laughs> so meaning. No, Pinhead was number two. <laughs> um, so it's Candyman, Pinhead, Blank, and Dracula. Um, uh, it was. Um, <laughs> I'm really shit. proud of myself. <laughs> you didn't write it down. Uh, no, I didn't write it down. Okay. Um, okay. okay, well, people who listen to the episode now. So Jesus, that person, what, how right? can we not remember this? It just happened to us. It's going ha- to come as soon as we stop recording this episode. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. Let's... Uh, fuck, it's going to drive me <laughs> absolutely crazy. crazy. Yeah. I'll try to come up with it while you're talking about shit. All right. Um, hey, Peter Harmon is going to select winners for the Evil Dead Rise giveaway. So if you haven't yet, <coughs> excuse me, follow um, Killstreak Pod on Instagram. It was Seth and Brundle. Seth Brundlefly. Brundle, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Brundlefly is how he's referred to in the Pussy Posse. <laughs> and um, follow at High Dive Publishing and like the giveaway post. And on, sep- on Saturday the 13th, the spookiest day, he's mm. going to pick a winner. And you yeah. get a uh, vinyl Evil Dead Rise banner uh, and some books. Um, so, yeah, please sign up for that. Sounds great. Um, Next week, you guys, Peter's four. Oh, mm-hmm. Sorry. I was just going to say, if you guys want to uh, send us your horror pussy policy. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can or do so on just, our socials. Maybe you're just mad at us for saying that <laughs> word so many times in this one yeah. segment. I feel like a real lech after doing yeah. this. It's yeah. okay. Okay. So you were saying. Oh, uh, yeah. Critters 4 next week. It's Critters 4. Of course it is. Um, cool. And then we have one more after that, right? Critters Attack. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's it. Cool. Then we'll All be right. watching something else. Something else? What? Mm-hmm. Cool. I look forward to it. And as always... Who is that hunk that just came in with your daughter? <laughs> <laughs>